Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up? It's a new week. Happy Monday. This was a, a busy weekend. Uh, there was the We Can't Survive concert that I know there were some winners, so hopefully you had a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was a beautiful time, right? The concert was lit. I mean, from Sweetie to Coplay to Doja. It was absolutely everything. I, my fave was Doja, of course. She did so good. And I feel like, oh, I'm no longer watching a live stream concert of hers. I'm actually seeing her in person. Because she blew up during COVID. Or no, no, she blew up before. Before COVID. that, she's been out for. A I'm few like years losing now. track of time. Well, and also I think it's like you may not be if you're of a certain generation, you may not be paying attention. Oh no, I know Doja Cat. No, I'm not saying you don't know her. I'm just saying you don't know every song of hers. Oh, totally. Yeah, you know. So that's what I'm like. Because I was wondering if like you'd been watching live streams now, just like to see no, her when, now as her at festivals. They've been live streamed. Oh, got I've been it. it that way. You finally got the front row seat slash all the way in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's fun. Glad everyone enjoyed Weekend Survive. Time. It was a very good time. And you know what? The city of LA was so busy with traffic with people going to Halloween, I think, parties or something. I mean, life is back. Mm-hmm. It was crazy out there in the highways and streets. It was hard to get anywhere. Yeah, how was the hayride? I went to the Haunted Hayride, where also VIP slash having to wait an hour in line. What kind of VIP situation is that? Imagine... The people that didn't have, like, the VIP. I felt bad. And then also, at the time when we went, uh, it was, like, later in the night. Yeah. Um, It felt like the staff were, like, checked out. They like, were tired? We were they pass- were tired zombies? We were passing, like, <laughs> zombie land, and there were no zombies. I was like, what, are they taking a break? Wait, so even in the hayride portion? The hayride. Were- there were some people, like, a stage with lights and all that. You're like, I think there's staff for, like, performers yeah. who are supposed to be there. And then when we look back, they were, like, coming off their break. They were, like, finishing their break. <laughs> Well, guess what? Zombies are real people too, Shira. They, they have rights. Some brains. They're what? <laughs> Producer Vanessa, bring in the hot take. They gotta eat some brains. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, lots coming up on the show. What to do if you're feeling too schlubby to have sex? <laughs> We're here for you. You know, it's what? it's that time of the season where you might feel like... Schlubby? Yeah, you know the word schlubby? Have you used that? No, it sounds... Uh, no, Kind of gross. You feel like you're in... It's like... Kind of seasonal. Well, the, uh, we're going to be talking about that and how to deal with it. 4:25 p.m. Pacific, 7:25 p.m. Eastern. How do you uh, up your sexiness during this, you know, warm or cold winter months, right? Where you like have the layers. You maybe are 
snacking a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, plus, Dave Chappelle is speaking out what he had to say. Ooh, this is interesting in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Representative Jim Banks' official Twitter account was suspended after he referred to Assistant Health Secretary Rachel Levine, the first openly transgender four-star officer in the U.S.'s eight uniformed services, as a man. The Republican lawmaker from Indiana claimed he was posting a statement of fact when he tweeted about Levine the same day she was sworn in as an admiral in the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corp. He tweeted um, the title of first female star four-star officer gets taken by a man anyway. That said, he was suspended over the weekend for violating Twitter's hateful conduct policy, barring the promotion of violence against others on the basis of gender identity. The policy also bars targeting misgendering of transgender people. Really unfortunate there. Now, uh, while the infrastructure bill remains in the air, many Democrats, including Senator Joe Manchin, says $1.5 trillion is still his top-line number for spending, which is uh, the bill is currently at $3.5 trillion. That's what they're really pushing for. Anyway, here's what he had to say. If we're not being fiscally responsible, that's really concerning. Let me, let me, make, one, let me make one statement to you all. The, the best way to, to know who I am, and I've always been politically, in my political life, I've always said that I believe that government should, you be, should be your best partner, but it shouldn't be your provider. 1.75 too much for our top lines. 1.75 too much. I'm still 1.5, guys. That's it. He's topped at 1.5. He also shut down one of the Senate Budget Committee chairmen's Bernie Sanders. His biggest priority, expanding Medicare, which Manchin warns would undermine the solvency of the broader program. And that was so much trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yeah, so Dave Chappelle is willing to meet with the trans employees at Netflix oh. after his big controversy around his new special. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Dave is speaking out days after new, uh, Netflix employee staged a walkout protest over his controversial uh, comedy special. The comment said he is willing to meet with Netflix employees who are upset over his joke. His rep notes that protest organizers did not reach out to him directly about the protest. Uh, his spokesperson said Dave stands by his art. Both sides of the street are talking and Dave is listening. At some point, when everyone is open, I'm sure our communities will come together. As Dave said in his special, no more jokes about transgenders until we can laugh together. Um, his reps also added that neither uh, nor, uh, neither she nor the comedian received any direct contact from Ashley Marie Preston, who, of course, was the one of the organizers of the walkout. Preston ended up uh, telling reporters that she did invite uh, Chappelle to have informative dialogue with um, with us, she said, and and he has made it clear that it is not of interest of him. Oh. Um, I my thing is there's no point. I don't know why the reps added that. There's like they didn't receive any direct content. There was probably if you look in your emails because publicists and and high level mm-hmm. reps like that get tons of emails. You probably have something in there, but to say directly, don't act like I can find Dave Chappelle's number in the phone book <laughs> and I can just call him and leave him a voicemail. Right. That seems like you're just trying to like be counterproductive to what Ashley is saying. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. This is interesting. I feel like too much stuff is done at this point with Dave trying to say that he's willing to to meet up. But we'll see. It's a T report, your pop culture stories turning right now. Well, uh, the case against Mark Zuckerberg, could he be held accountable for everything that we're hearing? And some new news uh, that this Washington Post reporter is revealing that's next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As more comes out about Facebook from these whistleblower documents from former employee Francis Hodgen, it brings up many questions. Will Mark Zuckerberg and the platform be held liable for these decisions that put Facebook's growth ahead of community safety? Well, joining us right now is Silicon Valley correspondent at The Washington Post, Elizabeth Dwoskin, who has been reporting about this. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So this isn't the first time we've talked about these whistleblower documents, to be clear. But what you really wrote about was some things that really stood out that you decided to highlight in your article, specifically what happened in Vietnam that no one really has previously talked about and how it really shows Facebook's approach to uh, the world and how they're dealing with global governments. Well, what what I wrote about was how Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO, was specifically involved in this decision. And the way it relates to, and, and I'll step back and say, Facebook has said it does some censorship in Vietnam. And it's even said that, like, that's the trade-off we're going to make because we believe that um, if we allow the government to censor some things, some content, then we'll give greater free speech to all because we'll, you know, the greater good. More people will still get to use the service. It's better than pulling out entirely. But... What, what our story showed is that, one, the censorship was very extensive. Uh, we reported that in some cases the, the Vietnamese government has extr- a huge control of what goes on the platform or not and censors activists and critics. But that also that Zuckerberg himself made that call. And mm-hmm. Zuckerberg is a huge proponent of free speech. Now, connecting this to these whistleblower revelations that are going on, um, I wanted to write a story that says, well, you know, the whistleblower has constantly said, as well as other Facebook employees, that he kind of runs Facebook like a monarchy. The buck stops with Zuck. He has inc- unprecedented control of his company compared to other public companies. And so we wanted to show a story because he barely appears in the whistleblower's document, whistleblower documents himself. We wanted to show a story to do a story to show how his fingerprints are all over them mm-hmm. and how he personally made decisions that were in certain cases responsible for, for harms where he chose growth or free speech over um, the well-being or the safety of Facebook users. So let's talk about the SEC, because I think that's going to be really interesting to see them get involved in, in more ways than they already are probably looking into, because it seems like he could be really held liable for a lot of these this new updates that have kind of come out in these documents. Well, we do, okay, so here's what could happen. So the whistleblower, Frances Haugen, has submitted her documents and a complaint to the SEC. Now the SEC has to decide whether to take up the case. The SEC has to decide that, um, they make that determination about uh, whether, she, whether they think that the documents that she shared, again, there's many, 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 have information that is material to investors. Now, I have no insider information on what the SEC will do. What I am told, and I've seen the documents myself, um, it appears that there is a lot in them that, w- that investors would find material. Um, and then if the SEC decides that it's worth pursuing the case, what they could do next and what I'm told they're likely to do is to subpoena Zuckerberg's personal records. Mm-hmm. As I said, one of the most interesting thing about all these documents is that they're internal company records that came basically from the company's chat system. So a lot of conversations among data scientists and researchers in a division called Integrity, which was the division responsible for like mitigating things like misinformation or hate speech. And it was almost like this team was going to battle in certain ways with the rest of Facebook because the rest of Facebook is focused on making that engine run. 
making more people click, making more virality, virality. And this, this division was saying, well, we might need to slow that down because some of that is causing problems. In fact, they said that over and over again. Mm. But we don't see Zuck, as he's known, Mark, we don't see him directly weighing in on many things in the documents because this was a conversation. These were largely conversations among lower level people. And yet, uh, there are some moments where he weighs in that I think could be intriguing to the SEC. And then there is this broader question that people are saying, which is, if Zuckerberg has so much control over the company, the SEC is likely to try to endeavor to know what he knew and when. And that can only be found by subpoenaing his personal communications, because like I said, it's not in the whistleblower trove. Yeah, this is really fascinating because the FTC tried to, I think, target Zuckerberg in 2019 with the Cambridge Analytica whole situation, but Facebook really negotiated to protect him. Do you think that's going to happen this time around still? Yeah, I mean, these companies, and particularly Facebook, but other major companies that I'm saying have fought vigorously against um, different, basically different company problems tying up to the CEO. You know, like, for example, they all fought really hard even not to have the CEOs directly testify in Congress. You know, they always were trying to put lower level people to testify before Congress. So eventually, you know, Zuckerberg has now testified several times before Congress, but they resisted that initially. Um, Same with Cambridge Analytica. Um, If you recall in 2018, there was Facebook onto this big scandal. It was um, because there was this political consultancy that had done work for the Trump administration, for the Trump campaign. And they had worked with a researcher who had basically scraped data um, from tens of millions of, Amer- of Americans, scraped their profile data. Um, scraped suggested he breaks, broke the rules. Facebook to this day maintains that he broke their rules. I maintain and have reported that their rules were just incredibly loose at the time. Mm-hmm. And actually many, many people uh, had done what this researcher did. But in any case, they got in big trouble for that because their rules were loose and they settled with the FCC, I mean, excuse me, with the FTC, the federal trade commission. And in that, um, in that negotiation, you know, they were, they basically said, you know, we are going to pull out of settlement talks and we will go to court if you put this on Zuckerberg. So that for them was a huge red line in their negotiations was if you make this case personally about Zuckerberg versus about the company as a whole, So, again, I think that this is probably top of mind for them with the SEC is like, how can we protect the CEO? Even though what you hear from people at the company is the buck stops with him. Mm, Little bit of uh, confusion there, it seems. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for breaking this down uh, for us. We'll be continuing to cover this, including as they possibly launch a new name and the metaverse and all that stuff. Uh, That was Silicon Valley correspondent at The Washington Post, Elizabeth Dwoskin. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's go there with shira and ryan channel q this has come up before what if someone bought you a lottery ticket oh if it's come up before that means my thoughts haven't changed on it (laughs) you're like uh, but now we're seeing it play out so Imagine again, someone buying you a lottery ticket. It you win. Do you give that person who gave it to you some money? This is this can be complicated, but the short answer is no. Well, let me tell tell you what happened. Yeah. A woman paid for her nephew's winning lottery ticket and asked him to give her the winnings, but people thought she was being unfair. She posted this on Reddit. She actually vented on Reddit, thinking wow. that no one would Come find on, Aunt. She must be a millennial, Auntie. <laughs> she explained that she was in a difficult financial position, but had got her nephew the t- ticket as a birthday present only for him to win uh, big. She said um, on the post... Um, I've had a really rough year, laid off from my job. Oh, all Singer, this, I didn't this ask for your sob story. You, then you shouldn't have bought that lottery and, ticket. Instead, you should have paid one of your bills. Yeah, and his and his parents are well off. Uh, here's the thing: I need this money. It's a matter of me eating or not eating. He doesn't. Am I the a hole for thinking he should share the winnings of the gift? Why would you spend your last on a lottery ticket for your nephew? Like that's the thing: people buy lottery tickets. With a slight, small chance of being like, oh, I may win this or I may not. So she bought that being like, he ain't going to win this. But guess what? He did win it. And that's his. You don't give, like, you don't, I hate a give backer person. <laughs> don't ask for the gift back. You gave it to me. Here's the thing. If if this, if that was the case, she, she should have said, listen, you're probably not going to win if you do, like, take care of me or, like, give yeah, me set a... Pr- the yeah, rule, like, set, set the rules. Like, set the boundaries and the set rules it, right? at the top of the gift, so, in the card that you're yeah. giving it in. I, and that's kind of weird to do that for a birthday or a present, but I no, feel like... No, but this is like, a different type of birthday uh, present. Yeah. Well, you can't expect, because in the end, people are just not like that. I mean, yeah. I... I think if my grandmother... How much was it? Do we know how much the money was? Mm, I don't know. Let me see. If, if my grandmother... Because my grandmother used to give me a lot of... Oh, it was in the middle of five figures. What? Five figures? Um, of money. So it's like in the... 
10 to less than 100 so 10,000 10 to no oh, 99,000 like 90, yeah 99,000 oh okay so it was a good low amount so the, my grandmother used to give me these like a lottery ticket for my birthday like in the card oh, I never and I think to myself yeah if I won like I probably would buy her a present like, I wouldn't just be like, thanks, Grandma. Like, well, I was always taught that gambling was bad. And so I didn't buy my first lottery ticket until probably like, uh, you remember in L.A. where there was like a, it was like a real big one. It was right, right before the, the quarantine and everyone was talking about buying multiple tickets here. And so I, I that was like, honestly, my first lottery ticket that I have ever bought. And I felt like actually really bad about it because I was like, you're not supposed to buy a lottery ticket. Um. You will go to hell. No, seriously, gambling's bad. But in this case, I'm sorry. She went to Reddit to talk about how much she don't have no money. She it's down to her her eating ramen just about every meal. Why go buy that lottery ticket thing? That means you had no money. You're already spending coin wrong that you, you don't have. It's in a budget. Exactly. Are you not even budgeting right? Like for me. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yes, the right thing, the good Samaritan thing, maybe he should give a little coin coin to it. But how do we know that this money's not going to like his own little college fund or something? Yeah, well, she says, my nephew has a fully funded college fund. Oh. <laughs> and every material thing he could want. She asked for three-fourths of the winnings. So, so why would you get your that. rich nephew something that can make him even richer? That's what an awful her. She needs to read a Pinterest board about giving birthday gifts and maybe not do this one again. Some sort of karma here. Anyway. I don't know. I'm sorry. She, I'm not, I don't think you he, know what? he has to give her money. My dad asked me to buy us uh, you know, a bunch of lottery tickets, and we actually did have an agreement going into it over the phone that was like, okay, we're going to split this if we win. Meanwhile, I put it on my credit card. He never paid me back. <laughs> what an a-hole. <laughs> anyway, all right. Next up, a lawmaker wants Texas to allow people the option not to recognize marriage equality. Oh, Texas. That and more next on What's Turning This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, we're back and stick around for more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Oh, yes, but yes. first, more show. New research that shows that social media is making us all overconfident in our knowledge and abilities. Okay. <laughs> that's in 30 minutes. Very no, true. and why that's a bad thing, actually. I, I mean, it's. Is it a bad thing? I think yeah, it, when no one has humility. True. True. But confidence can take you a long way. Well, we're going to get more into that. We have an expert to join us on that. To talk about, like, yeah, what we do with our overconfidence, how to make it good overconfidence versus negative overconfidence. Plus, Juliana Margulies is defending her decision to portray an LGBTQ character in the morning show. Ryan's got the details in the T-Report in a moment. I sure do. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Republican State Representative James White sent a letter to Attorney General Ken Paxton last week seeking his official legal opinion on whether the 2015 decision Obergefell versus Hodges, which requires states to license and recognize same-sex marriages, it's basically the basis of the legalization of same-sex marriages, means that private citizens must also recognize those marriages. Uh, He says Texas state laws defining marriage as the union of one man and one woman haven't been officially amended or repealed. So basically, he wants Texas to allow people the option not to recognize marriage equality. This is what's happening in Texas, among all the other horrible things. Now, Cece Abrams had a message for Democrats in Virginia on Sunday. And basically, if they don't go out to vote, the Republicans are going to win control. And that's not something we want, right? We might have to survive it for a minute, but you guys have to inherit it for a lifetime. 
So don't let us get this wrong. Don't let us screw it up. Show up and vote and bring your friends with you. Bring your frenemies with you. Bring the folks you broke up with with you. Bring the folks who broke up with you with you. Okay, now Abrams uh, was at that event in Charlottesville on behalf of Democratic gubernatorial candidate, as I mentioned, Terry McAuliffe, and it also featured a performance by Dave Matthews. All right. Okay. Now, uh, post on- As in the band? Yeah, the musician. He's a band. Yeah, Dave Matthews, the musician in the band, Dave Matthews. That's not, the band's not called Dave Matthews. But he's also named his name Matthews. He's, he's, oh, I thought the whole band was Dave both. Matthews. That actually makes a lot more sense now that someone has to be named Dave Matthews inside of this band. Because that would be like, well, how did you come up with that? Yeah. I actually uh, was a huge fan of him growing up. Oh, he's like, like he's old? Yeah, I mean, this is an older band. Oh, I thought it was, uh, what's that other, I'm thinking of Mumford Mumford and Sons. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Well, let's move on uh, to this news coming from Twitter. A post on Twitter's blog reveals that Twitter's algorithm promotes right-leaning content more often than left. But the reasons remain unclear. The findings uh, were from an internal study on Twitter's algorithmic amplification of political content. During the study, Twitter looked at millions of tweets posted between April 1st and August 15th, 2020 from all over around the world. In all countries studied except Germany, Twitter found that right-leaning accounts received more amplification from the political left. It also discovered that right-leaning content from news outlets benefit from the same bias. Wow. So they're basically saying uh, yeah, that the platform basically favors the right conservative content more than progressive uh, left-leaning content, liberal content. Fascinating. I wonder what they're going to do with that information. All right. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in Entertainment News, Ryan? Okay, so uh, Juliana Margalit. Oh, my God, I just... Marge- Margulies. Margulies. I almost said Margulies. <laughs> My country accent comes out all yes, the time, y'all. Nashville. It's Nashville. It's whatever. Margulies, right? Yeah. Is defending her decision to portray an LGBTQ character in The Morning Show, which honestly, the whole storyline is so cringeworthy that I'm over it. It's time for the T Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. I'm not over her character specifically. I actually really like her character. It's Reese Witherspoon's character that I have an issue with, but apparently everyone has issues with Juliana um, playing this character because during an appearance on CBS Mornings, three the three-time Emmy winner um, discussed her character who shares an on-screen romance with Reese Witherspoon and chimed in on the argument that cisgender heterosexual actors should not play roles on the LGBTQ spectrum. She said this, quote, I can understand that. My response also would be, we're all making assumptions as to who I am and what my past is and what all of our past are. Um, I understand 100% that I can't play a different race, but I am an actress, and I, I am supposed to embody another character. Whatever their sexuality is doesn't matter to me. The same way uh, watching a gay person play a, a straight person. We're actors. We're supposed to embody a character regardless of their sexuality. When it comes to race and gender, that's a whole different story, and I 100% agree with that. So that's my stance. My moment here, child, It honestly, Juliana playing this role... I feel like she's been a lesbian all her life. She's just really good at it, if I'm being honest. Well, she does say, you don't know what my past is, just because I don't claim to... Reese Witherspoon and the storyline that's happening... Sorry, sorry, spoiler alert. There's a storyline happening where there's an on-screen romance with Reese and Juliana's character. Okay. Problematic. And I'll just put that out there. 
It's really, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it is not good. And it's unfortunate because I really like the morning show, but season two has been really walking a fine line of just like, what in the hell is happening in that writer's room? Okay. Um, so I'm going to say it is on the Ryan Recommends list, <laughs> but barely. With a caveat. Yes. Okay. That's your tea report. Okay, now coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about memes with all these positive affirmations. You know, how they basically took over the internet and is it really good or is it bad? What do you think? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So all of us see these positive affirmations and memes on Instagram and social media. So the question is, does it help or hurt you? Because this one writer on Mike.com talked about how, you know, the other side of it, how actually ironic affirmation memes are winning her over. Because there's now these accounts that kind of um, make fun and poke fun at affirmations. Yeah. But with a twist, so it actually leads you with a positive feeling. And it's like funny, but it's not as obvious. I don't know. I think those... Those um, parody accounts are, they can sometimes leave you with some good vibes, but then also it's still leaving you with good vibes because it's it's reminding you of how, like, serious these people, like, well in wellness spaces yeah. and positivity spaces uh-huh. take it to a level that feels disingenuous. Yeah, it's sometimes too self-serious. And as someone who... Who does I, it. I love them affirmation. Who actually does oh, okay. it. I, I do love positivity All the time. and all that but I also, I must say, I do try to poke fun at myself and at these things. Sure, here are you dancing crazily to whatever song? Yeah, that's the song. point. That's not you I'm take, poking, that's, that's I'm making you fun of myself. Fun. That yeah, just, I am. That's just some crazy white lady dancing. Exactly. That's weird. And I, exactly. <laughs> that's not, that's not There's entertaining. Some, uh, uh, well, you remember it. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it I'm, catches your attention. It's weird. <laughs> so... Oh. I'm actually looking at your Instagram. Oh right well, now. that actually, I was that was real. No, I just I just want to see. Oh, you've like yeah. Anyway, I am anyway. But so <laughs> for me, I'm I'm very aware because listen, like I'm aware of mindset. Mindset is huge. Right? Mindset oh, is it mind over matter? It is like your brain is a powerful thing, right? Uh huh. And I do think though, it's not just about positive affirmations. You can share as much as you want. If you don't believe it, it doesn't really matter. You can't share as much as you want because it's uncomfortable for people. And I think you to, have to think to about certain that. people. To a lot of people. Like, there's a large amount of people that feel uncomfortable at the some as sometimes these people post, right? Like, it can just, it feels like oftentimes it's like, who are you actually posting this for? Is it for, is it to make me feel better or is it make, is it to make me feel uncomfortable while watching, while watching you go through like a mental breakdown? Okay. I have a few answers for you. One, I can only speak for myself because I, I I can't speak for the other people that are sharing all these things and yeah. their mental breakdowns. But I think for me, partially in sharing stuff, it's also a reminder for me. A lot of times, I'll see something I'm like, I need that today. Then why don't you journal? And I'll share it. I do do that too. But also, part of my work and my expression is media and content. Mm, so. Yeah. At a certain point, I wasn't sharing all this stuff for many years, as you know. I I talk about the news here. I talk about what's trending. And that actually started to be more disingenuous because it started to feel like there was a disconnect between the things I – a lot of the things I was caring about and what I was putting out in the world. I had to – 
close that gap. But what's the line for you when it comes to knowing that like this the is women? An interview. Well, I mean, you're the only one I'm doing the guest it. Here. But, oh wait, jo- Vanessa has been joining in on the positivity, on the positive affirmations. I don't post about it. Oh yeah, well, but you're not, I also read not a creator. Sometimes. Yeah, but that, that, here's the thing: you, you yeah, are a creator. Yeah, yes. Wow, how dare you? <laughs> Sorry. That was so rude. No, but that's the, that's actually my question. What's the line of knowing that you're a creator and it's still feeling genuine for you? Because at some point you start to feel like you're doing it as a creator instead of actually doing it yeah. as someone who, you know, is just at started just doing it because you like to share these type of things. I think it's just like where it comes from. A lot of times ideas aren't necessarily uh, the ideas coming from other people. It's like stuff I'm feeling or stuff I'm going through and then that will lead to an idea, mm. right? And every time I try to do it based on like, oh, I saw someone else post this so I want to post something like that. That never works. It's do you think everything like, works that you no, do? No. It's all about just the act of doing it. Yeah. No, because if I, if, and I don't know, I just need to do it because if I overthought that, I think that's stopped, for, for a long time, that stopped me from doing anything. Like, well, what are other people going to think? Or is this going to be good enough? Or is this going to resonate? And at a certain point, you just have to, like, just put it out there and see what fits and works. And it's more just about being yourself. It's like right. the act in it of being yourself. Yeah. And and I think you've had a big, you. I mean, you just had a really big moment recently on social where you shared some a really, uh, you know, part a part of yourself that you hadn't shared in a while, like a vulnerable part of yourself. Yeah. Which felt, that feels genuine, right? That's really inspiring. But I do think, when does, when people just start to post these quotes all the time and well, all see, these, I don't like, use my account for like... You don't do that uh, anymore. Meme. Well, I... <laughs> Now, now I got Ryan on Instagram. He's gonna get distracted. No. <laughs> so, no, I don't. I post that on my Instagram story. No, what I did, I accidentally hit the. Fo- I had I accidentally unfollowed you, and I just had to unfollow you back. <laughs> oh, I see. I see how it goes. I swear. It's my conscience telling me, yes, you're overshare's content. So I, I don't do the the memes and all that on my. like my feed I share it like I'll share a message a lot of times I won't do the memes it'll be more like a quote that I feel like someone shared that I thought was really resonates for me and that's why a lot actually I don't think I've done as much content as I should have because a lot of people this is just giving you an insider into like what it takes they'll like produce everything at once over one weekend like for me, I need to feel it that day to share it. Sometimes. Oh, okay. So you're you're saying you have to be in the moment while doing it in that. That's moment. probably the most not productive that's thing. Not that's actually on a creator's side. I know there's creators but that's like, like what is that? And, and actually, I'll, I don't. My partner, not I'm not going to mention too much about him, but you're, he oh, actually, wow. but he and he, he like sometimes I'll I'll throw captions at him or like what do you think of this and he'll be like. That seems like so fake. And he'll oh, say I that to me. That. And he'll say, like, what do you feel when you look at this? And then I'll be I like, like well, I feel this. And he's I like, like so that write he says that. that. Yeah. But that's like something I think that I, I think if any of us are creating things, whether it be for our business or for our personal brands, like something to think about, like, are you know, are you is this like uh, a, a fake package you're creating based on what you've seen or is this actually like something that's coming from you? Okay, so I think that's a really good segue to what we're about to talk about yes. now, right? Yeah, we are talking about uh, the impacts of the social media media eco chamber, right? Or echo chamber. <laughs> what a word. Chill uh, out. And how it's actually ruining our humility. Like we're all becoming so smart, but almost like how smart are we really? Well, we're going to find we're out. We're going to ask you when we come back. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As social media becomes more and more part of our lives, is it also causing us to lose our intellectual humility, meaning that it's feeding into our ego and arrogance? Mm. Michael Patrick Lynch joins us right now, uh, who is the author of Know-It-All Society, Truth and Arrogance in Political Culture and the Internet of Us, Knowing More and Understanding Less in the Age of Big Data. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so tell us more about your theory around all of this in terms of where we're at and why social media is making us, well, not just, it's not about being dumb, but it's more about us thinking we're so smart that we're not going to listen to other people. Mm. Right. So I think, you know, the, the thing that's distinctive about our life online right now that we can all recognize and deal with every day is that our everything that we encounter online is personalized. All the news that comes down your Facebook feed and the ads that appear on whatever sites you visit, it's all geared just to us, which is great, you know, when you're shopping for, I don't know, shoes, books, what to watch tonight on Netflix. It's fantastic that it gets delivered and personalized just for you. But that's while it's great for, for shopping, it's not great for shopping for facts. Because if you're only getting the facts that are hitting your own preferences, that are tailored to fit your preconceived view of the world, that's not a recipe for, you know, bursting your bubble, but Mm -hmm. for inflating it. Mm. It just makes us feel like we're right all the time. Yeah, that's that's very true. Because I think for me, when I'm thinking about intellectual humility, I want to know what part of does that intellectual kind of play into this? Like, what do you mean? Can you break that down by that? Sure. So I think when, when, you know, psychologists and philosophers talk about intellectual humility, 
what they're talking about is really a, a, a mental state, a, an attitude, a way of looking at the world that has two parts. First part is just being able to admit that you don't know it all, mm-hmm. right? Uh, being able to say that maybe I, I'm not right about this uh, on occasion. The second part, though, is even more important. Well, the first part is inward looking. It's about looking at yourself and saying that maybe I don't know. The second part of intellectual humility is looking outward and realizing that people with different experiences, different backgrounds, different standpoints can bring something to the table that you might have missed. Yeah, you say how it reinforces... um you know, our biases, obviously, and it becomes a bit of a bubble to live in. And so I guess what are we supposed to do about that now that we if that we know that's there, even though a lot of people might not even acknowledge that? Well, I, you know, obviously, it's really super hard. All of us think we're intellectually humble, and that's the problem, right? <laughs> I mean, when you're arrogant, uh, which all, a lot of us are, including myself, including all of us on, on certain days and certain times and certain moods, it's, of course, those are the very moments that you're not going to admit that maybe you could learn from somebody else. But one of the things that can really happen that we can do for uh, ourselves is to remind each other to put ourselves in new situations, to actually take a, a chance and talk to somebody that's different than what uh, the, it's coming from a different uh, standpoint. Not because maybe we're going to be persuaded, but because maybe it'll cause us a moment, a a nanosecond of self-reflection. And at this moment on social media and the lives that we live that are so busy, even a nanosecond of self-reflection is worth it. It's worth it to put yourself in a risky situation intellectually where maybe you can encounter ideas that you haven't heard of before. The other thing you can do is sometimes just listen. Listening to other people is one of the most the greatest superpowers that that you can ever bring to the table. Well, when it comes to listening to other people, though, I feel like there's always a line. Like because if it feels like you're talking to a brick wall, or it, that person is literally convinced by their own narrative yeah, that sure. they've either convinced themselves that it's true, it's like that does not come in handy. So when what's that line of just understanding? I gotta get away from this and cut this out of my you know surroundings, so I'm not kind of submitted to this, unfortunately. No, I, I think that's a brilliant point. Uh, you know, I'm not, inter- I'm not interested in telling people to, to listen to the Nazis. Uh, I don't think that's going to be productive. And one of the things that's really important about thinking about intellectual humility and, and arrogance is it's, it's the people in, in, with, in, in powerful situations, the people who, look, I'm a white man, right, a cis man, and I'm the sort of person that needs to be listening right now in our culture. I'm the sort of person who has, who's in a position, a nexus of power, uh, uh, you know, because of my, my identity that I need to be listening. The people, everybody, everybody, even though let's generalize it, everybody, all of us, right. Are in positions of power relative to other people. And when it's, you're in a position of power, whether it's cultural power, financial power, political power, or just, you know, power in your family, you, that's when you need to be sensitive. That's when you need to remember to listen. When, on the other hand, you're being lectured at uh, by somebody who really is in a position of power over you in some respect, or you know, perhaps on equal standing. Yeah. That's when then when you know maybe you know you don't have to be as quite as you know uh, open door policy. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. might be if you're the boss. This if you know what great. I mean. And, this is great. And I, and I think, as this article in Big Things said, uh, changing the social media economy so that it rewards good faith discourse, discovery, and the free exchange of ideas rather than uh, arrogance and tribalism, which is definitely something to think about in terms of like their responsibility in all of this and how. Um, the space they create for the folks on these platforms. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this. Okay, thanks so much for happen- having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Of course, that was Michael Patrick Lynch. Check out his book, Know It All Society, Truth and Arrogance in Popular Culture, and more. Thanks again. Well, next up, many of us don't pick up calls from a blocked number, right? But it could save your life. What happened to this one, hiker? Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. So I don't know about you, but I do not answer calls from blocked caller IDs or private caller IDs. Yeah, I mean, if we were going to talk about ways that we could possibly die, this is for sure one of them. So this might make you rethink whether you're going to answer those calls. So a hiker who was lost on a mountain in Colorado ignored repeated calls from rescuers. Uh, later saying that they had been unfamiliar with the phone number. You know, the thing is, in this situation, I feel like you are lost. Any number that calls you, you're like, please help me. Let me tell you where I am right now because I might lose signal at any point or my phone might die. Yeah, this person was absolutely ridiculous. But once again, I'm not picking up the phone for anyone, even numbers that I I clearly have saved in my phone. And (laughs) I think... That really is going to come back and haunt me one day in moments. Probably. Well, to be honest, I would never be caught dead in the woods. Why? Well, I would be caught dead in the woods because no one Literally. would come help me. But if you were I there. wouldn't be in the woods in the first place. Now, if I was to get... You remember when you were young and you would walk away from your parents and you would get so scared because you would like you lost your parents and yeah. you would have to... Now, for me, that happened to me. Like I could get lost in a Target and still be like not hearing anything because I have my AirPods in, listening to a podcast. So if they're saying, Ryan Mitchell, your mother is looking for you over the... the," I wouldn't know. So I would still be in the Target forever. I got lost at Disney World. That's a really big place to get lost. That was traumatic. Uh, I was crying. I think I had some... I hurt myself, so I was bleeding everywhere. And then I found a man... I thought it was my dad, so I put my hand on the man's chest and started, like, playing with his chest hair. Looked up, and it was my dad. <laughs> Why were you playing with a random I used to do, I used to do that to my dad. Like, oh, dad. After, no. after you were lost for a while, yeah. and you just, I thought instead of being like, him. instead of being like, oh, I lost my, I lost you. I can't well, believe I was it. having a tantrum. I was in the middle of a traumatic moment. You play moments. with this man's chest hair. <laughs> You really got, anyway, you got a lot of back, things to unpack. In back to uh, the the phone story here. Is so, that your weird relationship <laughs> with men? <laughs> the person was reported missing Jeez. after they didn't return from an expedition, which I I, I worry about this. You know, my uh, this happened to me in Alaska. Back to me. No, uh, in Alaska, we were going to go in an area where I wasn't going to get signal for like forty eight hours. And, you know, that happened overnight. And so I actually did get worried that my parents were going to be trying to reach me. And I think I sent you even, both you and Vanessa, a message saying, I'm going to have no signal for 24 hours or 48 hours. What? what, She did that? Yeah, of course, Ryan. When? When When I went to Alaska. Alaska? Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, okay. I don't well, even, so what, I got, what were we so, going to do here in Los Angeles <laughs> well, where you're in Alaska? I don't know. I was just letting you know. So, and then... 
I, I basically texted my parents saying, hey, I'm letting you know so you don't freak out. And then, of course, it was nighttime. They were already asleep. So I thought to myself, oh, my God, my mom's going to wake up. And I sent them a picture of our license plate, too, just in case. And then, of course, my partner was like... Were you planning on, like, dying? No, but you have to... You Just in case, you need to have precautions. I'm just not... I guess I'm not... We have different ideas what vacation looks like. And I'm not going hiking in some random place where I won't have ser- like for service forever. Well, you never know. You'll be able to find me just by calling the, the local resort... Because I'll be outside. <laughs> Checking the bar. By the bar. Right? Literally. Well, yeah. So next time, wherever you are, if you get unknown numbers, you might want to answer the phone because it could be someone there to rescue you and bring you home to safety. Oh, my God. This person, 24 hours went by. That's insane. Yeah. Well, next up, Chrissy Teigen reveals how they're honoring their late son wherever they go. The it's family. Weird. That's so weird. Uh, right after this, what's trending this hour? Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. More music coming up right here on Channel Q, but still more show coming up. How Chrissy Teigen and her family are honoring their late son wherever they go. Uh, That is in the tear report in a moment. And since we're in cuffing season, uh, what to do if you're feeling too schlubby for sex? You're not alone. We're here to help. That's in 30 minutes. And when I say too schlubby, it means, you know, not all sexy or not feeling into it. I think people get the context I'm just saying, of schlubby. You said you didn't know what schlubby meant. <laughs> I, totally. I got the context clues. I got just it. wanted you to take the extra mile and explain it. Okay. Well, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The husband of Helena Hutchins, the director of photography of Rust, who was shot and killed by a prop gun fired by producer and actor Alec Baldwin on set, shared a tribute to his wife on social media over the weekend. On Saturday, the same day mourners gathered for his wife's vigil in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Matthew Hutchins shared three family photos on Instagram with a heartbreaking caption, We miss you, Helena. Uh, Helena, who was 42, was pictured smiling and posing with her son in all three photos. It's really sad there. Now, President Joe Biden touted his Build Back Better plan in New Jersey today. I've never seen a time in American history when the middle class did well, the wealthy didn't do very well. But I'm tired of trickle down. Trickle down doesn't hadn't worked so much for the last 15 years for working class and middle class folks. Now, Democrats are currently making some really tough choices about their signature spending plan in order to satisfy those key moderates in the Senate. They're slashing the top line cost from three point five trillion dollars to between one point five and two trillion dollars. And finally, the U.K. government has set out a new financing plan ahead of next week's climate change conference, the COP26. It talks about how developed countries hope to deliver $100 billion a year in climate finance to developing countries. The original aim was that the target would be reached by 2020, but it's unlikely right now, they are saying, and but they're confident that the target would be hit by 2023. However, some environmentalists say the new plan is just too little too late. Still, I mean, that much money by 2023 is pretty good. Anyway, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well, um, Chrissy Teigen is revealing new details about her family, um, about how her family keeps her late son's memory alive. It is time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, in an exclusive first look, People Magazine has this uh, uh, Chrissy Teigen interview with parenting site Scary Mommy. 
And um, she shares that her family travels with their late son, Jack's Ashes, a practice that Tegan and her husband, John Legend's daughter, Aluna, and son, Miles, like to be involved in. So she said this. Whether we go on a vacation or something, they always say, don't forget baby Jack. And then I have to pick him up, pack him up. Um, Yeah, she said pack him up. Hmm. And then we get to uh, where we're going. They're like, oh my gosh, he must be thirsty. This might sound crazy to people, but they'll put a little glass of water next to his little box of ashes. And they really love being a part of it. Well, why don't you stop scaring your kids or scarring your kids and just tell them how life and death works so then they don't have to always feel like they have to carry baby Jack around to them to like elementary school or middle school or high school because then they would just be the weird kids with their dead brother's ashes. And I'm not trying to be very harsh about this, but that is a little strange. So, yeah, here's the thing. A lot of people have different ways to grieve, right? And I I respect that. Uh, I just hope, yeah, there are those conversations that are happening because kids can get very attached and this could create maybe some more harm. This, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I just feel like this was a beautiful opportunity for them to tell of, of the the realness in, the, in its own special way about grieving and about life and death and all these things. Like, they could have really had an honest conversation with them. And instead, I think they're... Um, they're kind of lingering and on instead of realizing, yes, Jack is with you forever. He's a part of you. He's a part of this family. But bringing him and his ashes along, what if Jack spills out? Well, that, yeah, that could cause gonna clean a, up Jack? a lot more trauma, right? Or if you lose Jack what if breaks. What if one of the babies who are five and three decide to open up Jack's box and actually feed him some water? Then he's just drowned ashes. I mean, there's a lot of complications that could happen. I, I Listen, I feel bad for what they're still going through. And I do too. One Who does it? Of course. This is one way that, to maybe heal it. I hope it works. It just, it's, it's definitely unique. You're way too nice. It's weird. I say the word unique. You know. Choice of words here. Well, thank you for that tea, Ryan. Uh, but coming up, oh yeah, the feeling too schlubby to have sex topic is coming up next. How to feel sexy even during these winter months. That's next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Uh, according to a study, sexual desire is lower than it's been at any point during the pandemic for people who are feeling stressed. It also happens to be cuffing season, or as I said, what did I say? Uh, nesting nesting season. season. I mean, it makes sense. You've been so dating might... a lumberjack for too long. <laughs> 
So, you know, you might,、uh, with the weather, feel like, you know, getting cozy, or maybe you feel a bit schlubby, you don't feel as sexy as usual. Well, here to help us is Stephanie Gerlich, a sex and relationships focused kink affirming therapist, award winning author of The Leather Couch Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients. Thanks for joining us. We miss you. I've missed you too. Thank you so much for having me. Well, how has、uh, this season been for you compared to last year? Are you seeing people at least feeling better about themselves, maybe?、Uh, so, in part, I mean, fall is always hard, and we're heading into our second fall of a pandemic, right? So, everybody is feeling a little fluffier than usual, a little lazier than usual. And that's definitely coming through in the conversations that I'm having with my clients, for sure. Yeah, I think for, for me, Sex, well, not for me because I don't feel schlubby ever. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, yeah. I think there's something about like talking about sex or t- telling someone that you're just not in the mood where、mm. sometimes your partner can take that off of, as like, or they can interpret that as, oh, you're no longer attracted to me. So, how can you really talk about one, what you're feeling in your own body while not making your partner feel bad about theirs? I love that. So, one of the questions or one of the ways that I encourage my clients to handle this is to say, I want to want you. To talk about their own lack of desire, not as a problem in the partner, but as something that they recognize is happening inside them. Because you're right. When, when, when I say, you know, I'm just not feeling it, baby, my partner assumes that maybe they've done something or they look a certain way that I'm not finding attractive.、Mm. But when I'm able to say, you know, I really want to want you, I'm just not feeling it right now, that、mm. makes it about me. And that makes it a lot harder for my partner to internalize as something wrong with them. Yeah. And you know what has helped me with this is that, like, knowing that it's okay that. Sex and intimacy, or intimacy can come in different ways. Like, it doesn't need to come always through sex, helps. And, like, kind of having that, f- that fun or the, the flirtation, all that, and w- without thinking of the goal, which ends, ends up leading to sex, surprisingly. But it's like you don't feel like the pressure of having to like, do that. Well, sex shouldn't be tied to intimacy, right? Like, it sh- I mean, it should be, but it's not what the only source of intimacy that should be provided is just through sex, is、yeah. how I think about it. I would assume, right? Sex is an expression of intimacy, but、exactly. sex、yeah. is not itself intimacy. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. So, I-, I guess, what other ways can you feel connected without then having sex if you don't want to be like ripping your clothes off and doing all that? <laughs> So, I work with a lot of clients that have low libido or differences in their desire levels. And I always say it comes down to physics, right? An object in motion tends to stay in motion, an object at rest tends to stay at rest.、Yeah. So, if you're not feeling up to passionate, wild sex, start with cuddling, start with hand holding, start with just lying in bed and petting your partner, stroking their body. And just those gentle little movements help. Create and foster intimacy and connection with really low sort of sexual expectation. But once you start those movements, once you start getting in the pattern of being intimate in physical ways, that will naturally tend to grow and expand towards sex.、Um, and you kind of put, talked about this, Ryan, but、uh, well, you don't feel schlubby ever. But yeah, what, no,、uh, that's not a normal So, what if someone, yeah, if,、uh, and you kind of mentioned this, but like, what if someone does? I guess feel slubby. How do you feel better in your body if you're having one of those times, those periods?、Mm-hmm. That's true. Use your words and ask your partner to use theirs. 
it's such a fun thing to tell your partner what you like about them or what turns you on and asking your partner you know what about me do you find sexy what is your favorite part of me what do you like when i do asking them not necessarily to validate and praise you but just to answer sort of neutral questions like oh i never realized that you loved my eyes as much as you do can go a long way towards improving your own sort of self-perception without feeling fake or artificial Oh, such good stuff. Yeah, well, like af- after this, uh, we had another topic around sex relationships, so we had to have you on still to talk about this. Uh, what to do if you start catching feelings after a hookup? More next with Stephanie Gerlich. Now that I can relate to. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So this advice column in Vice said, Hey man, what should I do if I start catching feelings after a hookup? I feel like... I've told y'all my business in this no, room. Yeah. And now we're making a segment out of it. Is this? Oh, I mean. I will share. doesn't remember, but I know producer No, Vanessa I do. You don't remember. I do know what you're talking about. She doesn't remember. Actually, I will I say. say I will whisper it off air. Don't whisper not it now. Near, not near the mic. But also in this, it talked about how typically men don't get feelings. And in this case. Well, you shouldn't gender things. I know. I don't typically. No, yeah. I, this uh, this thing is gender. This thing is, and, and yeah, he's saying like, oh, is it weird that I have feelings because I'm a guy? Well, anyways, back with us to break it down is Stephanie Gerlich, who again is a sex and relationships therapist and also the author of The Leather Couch, Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients. Award-winning author. Yes. Uh, Stephanie, <laughs> thanks again as always for I'm being I'm just saying, we us. pull out the best. Yes. Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, so... Yeah, we don't want to make this a gender thing, but uh, what do you do if you start catching feelings after a hookup, and why do we make it into such a sexist thing? Yeah, so I think we make it into a sexist thing because women are traditionally, like, sort of typecast as the more emotional gender. But the simple fact is, is that male brains and female brains have the same chemicals and the same function, and what we're experiencing when we catch feelings after hookup is happening in our brain. It is the lust hormones and the attraction hormones hitting us and and creating this lovely sort of new relationship energy that can feel a lot like feelings, even though we haven't really, in a hookup, established a pattern to kind of justify those feelings. I had to cough really quickly. Um, No, here's the thing. This has most definitely happened um, to me. And it's happened in the sense of because I think when you connect with someone in, through sex sometimes, and the sex is really good, feelings are bound to happen. But I always wonder, if you kind of give yourself that pep talk before, and you're like, I'm not going to do this. I know what the rules are going to be. I, I need to tell myself this, these things. And then somehow you don't end up following up with those things that you kind of told yourself in that pep talk. It, <laughs> it feels like, you know... You kind of set yourself up for failure. So should you just kind of avoid, you know, hookups in in some ways, especially if you feel like you're in a a vulnerable spot? Some people do form attachments quicker than others. So if you've noticed that that's a pattern in yourself in the past, maybe hookups are not sort of the right way Mm. to connect with people because it's going to happen. But you're right, Ryan. You can absolutely set sort of ground rules for, for yourself that minimize the chances of that. Hookups can feel really intense and exciting because they tend to be very quick and very hot and very one-off. We share a lot 
very quickly with our hookups, especially sexually. So recognizing that and being really clear for yourself that the intensity you're feeling is because of the nature of the hookup and not because you have a genuine relationship or a connection with this person can be a really important way to keep yourself grounded. Yeah. Are you supposed to communicate all this with them or process it on your own? I think it depends on the situation. Yeah. If you're with somebody that you're hooking up with on a regular basis, it might make sense to be like, you know, yo, I'm starting to, to feel a little bit more than just sexual feelings for you. And mm. I'm not sure if that's where I'm at for this. Talk to me. Well, that's... But if it's... A, so, no, sorry, because that makes me now think that friends with benefits are not true things. Like, they can never happen. Well, I think friends with benefits are way different than a hookup because the expectations are different. A friendship is still a kind of relationship. A hookup might be sex only with no other sort of engagement with one another's lives. If we're friends, we're sharing more than just sex, but maybe less than a full romantic relationship. Well, oh, yeah. I, mean, I must have had. Well, because I think sometimes, especially if it's you a... You are re- friends with benefits. Well, that's the thing. If you have a recurring hookup... My thing is, it could just end up getting that label of friends with benefits because that's just a recurring person in your life. But y'all aren't technically like really friends. But you know, there's a line that there could it could pass. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, friendships can form during sex, but not everybody that you sleep with has to be your friend. There you go, Mm. wisdom drop. Well, thanks as always, Stephanie. We love having you on. That's an award-winning thought. I like that. that Good. Was, Stephanie, you're perfect. Yeah, Always. That was Stephanie Gerlich's sex and relationships focused kink affirming therapist. Again, check out her award winning book, The Leather Couch Clinical Practices. We of can't skip clients. over that. That's a really big deal. Thank, congratulations on that. Is she there? Thanks, Stephanie. Great. She hates us. She hung up. Yeah, good job. You scared away our guests. I mean, I can't help it. I was just really praising okay. her. So next up, this guy spent over 50000 of his COVID relief money on something we're going to talk about after this, and he's being charged because it was illegal. Okay, that's next. All right. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This guy from Georgia got his COVID relief money, and guess what he spent it on? Well, let's guess. Guess. <laughs> Do we have time? <laughs> he no, spent over fifty thousand dollars on a Pokemon card, a and Pokemon. now, yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> it has an E. Why with are you like saying an, Poke? It's it, not the fishbowl. <laughs> it's Pokemon. Pokemon. It has the E like in French. Just say Pokemon. Okay, Pokemon or whatever. Pokemon <laughs> comes with soy sauce. So, uh, well, this guy is now being charged. Basically, for for yeah, wire fraud. One, he he also lied to get the money, and then he spent the money on this. I almost wonder if they would have discovered him if he hadn't spent this money on something dumb like this. Yeah, they would have because the IRS is not playing any games with thieves. Yeah, he lied about the employees he had. He lied about his revenue, and then he goes out and and buys this. At least if you're gonna. Get the money and you're going to spend it on your own thing. Spend it on something like, like a, I don't know, well, a vacation. Trading cards and all that type like of stuff that. can be worth tons of money, which clearly he paid $50,000 for. So maybe he thought this was an investment and like, oh, when the IRS comes and finds me, I'll be able to just sell this card and then pay them back. 
Yeah, well, now he might face a maximum of 20 years in federal prison, $25,000 in total fines if he's convicted. And even before that, he's probably going to spend a ton on legal fees. So was it worth it? The moral of the story is here. Don't say Pokemon. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's the moral of the story. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. So an episode of The Simpsons is about to get serious about breast cancer awareness. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and the October 24th episode introduces the character of Dr. Wendy Sage, a.k.a. Sage. She's a hypnotherapist who has had a unilateral mastectomy, leaving her with what fellow survivors called to as uniboob and this is you know they endearingly say that uh but sage is actually the brainchild of an la-based actress writer and breast cancer survivor herself and flat activist renee ridgely who also voices the character so i love this that this was a character to honor breast cancer awareness and that deals with something that a lot of survivors deal with and is also written by a survivor herself which is great because it's authentic. And she says that the role is crucial and she's the person that Marge and Lisa meet with in order to work out some issues relating to body positivity. So such cool stuff all around. This episode of The Simpsons, I'm very impressed with. Good stuff. Yeah, I would have never imagined Simpsons and impressive in one sentence together. So <laughs> Come on. they must be doing something right. They've predicted a lot of stuff. It's very impressive. Uh, it's not like the, the, the other show. No, it's not as problematic i feel as uh what's the other one family guy. Fam- family guy and the, i don't watch and, any of that uh the others trey parker those guys how am i blanking south on that park. south park thank you producer vanessa wow monday brain fart okay that's our yes queen of the day yes queen look out for that simpsons episode coming out again on october 24th oh that's already out yes i'm losing track of time okay that also does it for our show today uh, we are back tomorrow, though, live 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Channel Q. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about, this is funny, as I just went into everything I just went into, what causes ADHD and can it be cured? Wow, that sounds pointed. <laughs> because, you know. Sounds just meant for you. Well, focus, memory, it impacts a lot of that stuff. So we're going to get more into that. And also adult ADHD, because I think that's something that people are bringing up I think all ADHD days. is the same ADHD. I don't think you have to add adult to it. Well, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. All right. And that, I, I feel triggered. No by need me. to scrape. <laughs> uh, plus, of course, we've uh, also got more on the Palm Springs leather community. Because Palm Springs Pride is coming up and we'll also be there. Listen up, all you leather daddies. We're interviewing you. (laughs) Lots coming up on the show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Join the podcast family. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan or where podcasts are available. We are sending you love and light. Honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Loveline with Dr. Chris right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.